What is happening, everyone? Welcome into a new episode of The Hangout in the Holy Land, the official podcast of LandGrandHolyLand.com. My name is Colton Denning, and I am your host, and I am joined, as always, by my friend and co-host, Patrick Mayhorn. Patrick, we have actual Ohio State football to watch on Saturday. It's here. Yeah, we do. It's, I mean... It's kind of Ohio State football. It's close enough that it'll uh, it'll fill the void for a little bit. I've been, I, I don't know about if you if you partake in similar college football consumption. I've been watching recorded spring games <laughs> for the past week or so. Like I, I watched uh, I watched Clemson spring spring game live. They look good still. They have a lot of large receivers. Um, I watched Purdue's spring game at the gym. I've watched Ole Miss's spring game. I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling very powerful. <laughs> it's that time of year, man, and I'm sticking to what I said on the last show. Spring games are like bagel bites. They're going to fill you up with just enough sustenance, but finally we have the Ohio State one on Saturday. But before we get to that, there's a little bit of breaking Ohio State news, and that came from Jeff Goodman, who reported that Ohio State's star big man Caleb Wesson is going to declare for the draft and at the very least go through the draft process. Chris Holtman said that they're going to help him throughout this evaluation and see where it goes but Caleb Wesson has declared for the draft. We'll see what happens. I would venture to say that he'll probably come back to Ohio State but you never know and I think if you're him it is it's a good way to kind of figure out where you stand heading into next year yeah the um I, I saw that there are actually two fairly interesting tidbits this morning from uh the dispatches adam jardy uh he he mentioned that caleb is not expected to hire an agent which uh, and even under the new rules where you can hire an agent go through the process and then fire the agent and go back to school um not choosing to hire an agent makes me think that this is entirely just to get the evaluation knows that he's not really in the draft conversation at this point and i think that that's not necessarily at you know his own fault it's just that he's a style of player that doesn't really exist in the nba anymore um and so i i would imagine that this is entirely just to get some feedback to see where he stands relative to the NBA to see what really smart NBA people think he could improve about his game to be more NBA ready. Um, And I imagine he will be back at Ohio State sooner rather than later. The only, the only real concern I would have here is that, you know, as an Ohio State fan, if he, he comes out and they tell him that he would be early second round pick, then that, that could be concerning. But I, I don't, expect that i'm not super concerned about it and if that is the case then you know go get your money i guess um but the other thing i I saw here is that uh chris holtman mentioned some assistant coaching news he mentioned they thought they could lose two assistants this offseason but that appears to no longer be the case uh seeing how they just lost the one which is kind of reassuring that the rest of the staff is staying put. Um, also mentioned that a uh, guy who we talked about a little bit on the last podcast, Mike Netty, will be uh, assuming a lot of Mike Schrage's roles as kind of a, a temporary basis until they have a full uh, assistant hire. That That's kind of surprising to me that they haven't just made him full-time, and it makes me think that maybe Netty isn't the choice for that last assistant spot. Um but that's that's all we know on it right now. That that's um 
that's the latest on the coaching stuff. And we got a lot of time before any sort of concrete decisions that really yeah. affect this next season have to go down the pipe. And I'm sure that we're, we're not done here. There's going to be a couple other pieces of news for Ohio State basketball as we delve deeper into the offseason. But back to Wesson, it remains to be seen. And it would be a pretty big blow if he ends up declaring and going to the NBA draft. But I, I think either way that it, things are going to be fine no matter what. And we hope he does what's best for him. And if he comes back, then I think we can really start to get excited for Ohio State basketball. And not that this means anything, but after the tournament ended, I saw that a couple different publications had Ohio State ranked up pretty high in their their early 2019 rankings yeah I know ESPN had Ohio State at number 10 um which is I, I that's a little lofty <laughs> I, I think I'm as high on Ohio State basketball these next couple of years as anybody and I'm not uh I'm not entirely sure that 10 is um super accurate but I I mean they could be that good if Caleb Wesson is back if everybody improves as we expect them to if the incoming recruits are as good as we we think they might be um I wouldn't expect it but it is you know it's good to see Ohio State back in that consideration after where Ohio State has been the last few years you know prior to Chris Holtman it really goes to show just how much people respect Chris Holtman amongst the industry that despite kind of the up and down year that they had in some of the pieces and the depth that they have to rebuild that people are already super excited outside the program in year three to see what they can do. So we'll talk more about the basketball team as the offseason goes on. This is going to be pretty quiet now until until we get a lot closer. And the focus on, on this podcast, at least, is probably going to shift more so towards football. And, and let's do that right now and go from Ohio State's basketball coach to the football coach because Ryan Day had a media avail- availability before the spring game. And today he he had a couple of interesting points that I want to get your take on. The first one was that the spring game is not going to be a live tackling game, but it's going to be, quote, thud, which I really like. And there's really no reason to risk injury in a spring game, especially for your better players. And with certain depth issues, especially along the offensive line, there's no reason for them to go all out. This is a scrimmage for them to get out in front of everybody, to televise it, to kind of put the the program out there, to get recruits seeing them. So I, I like that this is the strategy. Yeah, I, I think this is, um, I think it's fine. I, uh, I I used to be one of those people who would get upset about the, you know, no tackling in the spring game or the, the weird tackling rules in the spring game. But I think a lot of that was because um, it was never really talked about as a thing that they were going to do before the spring game it was just they would come out and do it which was <laughs> kind of a strange approach to doing that um so i'm glad he mentioned it and uh i, I think after reading the um the how mummy book about how he he would never really have players tackling in practice because he didn't really need them to do that um I, I think i'm i think i'm fine with it um obviously would like to see some of the young defensive players and maybe in the second half they they will open it up a bit for the guys who probably won't see a ton of playing time this year. Um, but I, I think a lot of the focus in this spring game is on the the passing attack and the way that the offense looks with Justin Fields, with Matthew Baldwin. Um, 
And we should be able to see that just fine, even if there's not true tackling. Day also said that Demario McCall hasn't practiced yet this spring. Stand for it, Patrick. I need to. I need to hear it. If if he's going to overtake J.K. Dobbins, he's going to have to play. He's got to get on the field. I, I don't think he needs all that much time to do it. I'm confident in my my big beautiful son that. Um, even without a spring practice, once he once he gets in there in the summer, once he gets in there in the fall, um, they will they will be unable to uh, to miss his uh, his talent level. I'm much more confident in this coaching staff recognizing that than I was in the um, the prior coaching staff recognizing that. Um, he's just you know we've we've certainly talked about it before. He's just such a good fit for the offense, and I think that even as he struggles with injuries once he's back and hopefully fully healthy he has you know struggled with injury stuff for quite a bit of his career um once he's back and fully healthy i just don't know if you can really keep him off the field and i think that once he starts to establish himself as a a consistent contributor that's when he will kind of assume that starting running back position and maybe it's a a longer timetable than we thought it might be but i'm still confident in demario mccall that's the thing that worries me more than the coaches getting him out on the field is him just being ready because he does have a history of injuries and we want him to be okay. And really, there's there's no reason to push it at this point of the year. So hopefully DeMario gets healthier and we can see him out on the field come late August. Uh, it's something that the podcast is really going to love compared to the old coaching staff. Someone asked Day what, what names there were that have stood out to him in spring practice and... Ryan Day subscribes to the podcast, and he left a five-star review on Apple Podcasts because he mentioned Garrett Wilson, one as the guy on offense that has stuck out to him. I saw that he also was the first freshman to have his black stripe removed, which is probably the least surprising uh, black stripe removal in history. And then on defense, he mentioned that Sean Wade and Josh Proctor have both been impressive. And I know how we feel about the first guy in Wade. This is the Sean Wade Hive podcast. And Josh Proctor, too. Those are are two names that I think – we're really going to be talking about as the season goes along and it's nice to see that at least from the coach's view they have stepped up and they've played really well yeah for sure I, I think that you know I could talk about Sean Wade forever <laughs> I've been watching a lot of uh, Ohio State like late season uh, defensive film for the last couple of weeks just to see you know what Jeffrey Okuda and Sean Wade look like again and man they look so good against Washington you know, we, we, we talked about it after that game. They looked really, really, really good. I'm excited to see what they look like in the spring game because that was like a um, like a Denzel Ward, um, it would have been Marshawn Lattimore, Gary on Conley level backfield against Washington. I was I was really, really impressed with them. I'm excited to see what, you know, especially Sean Wade, but Sean Wade, Jeffrey Okuda, even Damon Arnett, who people have been talking about really highly recently um, as someone who's kind of stepped up as a leader in his final year. Um, I'm interested to see what that that'll look like. Also sounds like you kind of smoked Jalen Harris a little bit. We didn't. Yeah, <laughs> we, we didn't record. <laughs> this is important. To <laughs> this talk is our about. <laughs> first podcast that we've recorded since that happened. And a couple days have passed, so I don't remember the complete specifics of it, but podcast favorite cj saunders and david arnett were getting into it and then jalen harris stepped in and 
was he the first one to throw a punch? I think that's yeah. what they said. Yeah. And then Damon Arnett, I guess, just came in and brought some smoke to Jalen Harris. But the good news is, is that from all reports, everybody's okay. And Arnett and Harris kind of hashed it out afterwards while they were still at practice but yeah damon arnett he's sick of everybody's shit man he's he's coming out firing he's got smoke for everybody this season yeah damon arnett come on the podcast (laughs) i'm really rooting for him and i know we've we've kind of we've been down on him and a lot of people have been down on him and and i don't think that that's unfair but we've also kind of said too that he hasn't been put in spots to succeed since he's since the last couple of seasons and hopefully this year will be the year and from what like you said everybody has said about him this spring it's that he's kind of stepping up in and taking that role because it's his last season so hopefully nothing but the best for Damon Arnett this year yeah and on the um this is this is slightly off topic but kind of related to the fight with uh someone that was involved with it I saw a headline this morning, and I want to get your reaction on it from a uh, an Ohio State blog that will not be named. It is not our own because uh, we would never write this. It's uh, essentially about how C.J. Saunders has emerged as a leader in Ohio State's wide receiver room, and he's competing for a spot in the rotation. Why? <laughs> that's that's my reaction to this. Why? Why? Why are they? He's a walk on. You got five stars in that room. You don't need that. There's, I just. We, you know, we we harped on it for the season all year long. Maybe, maybe Damon Arnett needs to just go after CJ. Next. I guess my my thing is like, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I don't think that that's gonna be I, there's something. No, yeah, there's no reason. Yeah, it's it's not gonna carry over to the season, or it's highly unlikely that I think that it carries over to the season. And even if he does see the field, that he has more than. 15 20 catches throughout the year but you know if he's a good player then and and he has a good year and we're wrong I'm I'm fine with that too I I don't think that that's going to be the case here but it doesn't surprise me exactly that like he's a leader at this point they lost so many guys last year that somebody needs to step up and I know that Benjamin Victor and Austin Mack are also they kind of also have seniority and KJ Hill, of course, as well. But yeah, that's now that I think about it, when you add like KJ Hill into that, it's it, there's only yeah, so think, many people can that can from the bench. <laughs> there's so many people that can see the field and just if we're talking about those three guys, he's or those four guys, if we're including Saunders, he's not the one to get on the field. And then you have players like Wilson, like Jalen Harris, a couple other guys who are more talented than him. It seems unlikely that he'll be a big factor into the offense, but you know if he can help the team, then sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess if if he comes out and he's uh, Hunter Renfro, then then great. I I don't know if that has a, a huge position in this style of offense, but yeah, I I think you can be a a good leader and valuable member of the team without. Uh, taking playing time away from someone who can, you know, jump or something. Don't Back- tweet at us, CJ Saunders <laughs> friends. Like we're not rooting against I've him. If he's succe- if he's I've successful, then we're happy it. for him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if if he comes out there and he's good, then great. You know, whatever. I don't I don't have anything against an Ohio State player being good. I have a thing against Ohio State playing players that aren't as good as other players on the team that's that's what my beef is with I don't I don't have anything against anybody on Ohio State's roster yeah the yeah well, let's move on from that one um before we get into stuff that we're really excited about 
for the spring game or just some of the stuff we're watching. The last thing I had about uh, Day's press conference or media availability today was he said that the spring game is going to be starters versus starters and reserves versus reserves and that there's going to be some dudes that play for both teams. I don't know if they've done this in the past. I just can't remember. But I like the idea of the starters versus starters because then at the very least, even though it's more of a practice setting, not even a practice setting because if they're just going to go thud instead of straight up live tackling, it's kind of just a scrimmage. But at least we get to see the best on best. We'll see Justin Fields against the first team defense. We'll see that offensive line's depth, I think, tested against the defensive line. That's something I'm, I'm very excited to see how they hold up. But I, I like the idea of just throwing your best on the best and then getting maybe sprinkling some of the reserves or younger guys in there as well, but keeping your best players against your other best players to kind of test and see where everybody's at. Yeah, my, um, my only real concern with, uh, with that, because I do like the idea of best on best, is that like I said earlier I've been watching other team spring games recently and one of the ones that stood out to me as uh, doing this I think was I think it was Arkansas that did this where they have the it's the offense against the defense instead of you know a team against a team and they they have like specific defensive scoring based on tackles for loss three and outs various things like that um I don't like watching spring games like that it's it's (laughs) it becomes very difficult for me to kind of understand what's going on when the defense is scoring points based off of you know specific tackles or things like that and that's that's more just a personal thing than anything i i'm just you know i have a very small brain and i can only understand football when there's two teams um that score in the traditional way so I, i imagine it probably will be something like that which i don't love um but you know it's valuable to see best on best, even if we're, you know, probably not seeing guys like Chase Young or J.K. Dobbins or the, you know, leaders of the team. Uh, we're probably not seeing a ton of them, but I, I do think that there's still value in that, and even if the the semantics of it are a little bit frustrating for my brain. Yeah, don't pay attention to the score in this year's spring game, or really any spring game, but Ever. that is yeah, Never key pay number attention one. To a spring game. <laughs> don't, don't pay attention to the spring game score, I think, because I watched Clemson's too when I was at the gym, and I know that Trevor Lawrence's team lost, and he threw like an awful pick, and I was like, I'm not even going to think anything about this. I'm yeah. just going to delete this from my brain and not remember it. But what are some of the things you're most excited for what are what what are there because i do think that there are tangible things we can take away from the spring game personnel stuff small x's and o's tidbits what are you most looking out for on saturday um number one i'm looking to see what the new defensive scheme looks like um this is you know we harped on this quite a bit last season correctly um, as it was proven when you know the new head coach immediately fired Greg Schiano and Bill Davis. I, I'm interested to see if they're actually running a nickel now, which is kind of the new base defense in you know in college football and if they can actually catch up to that or if they're still kind of hanging on to the four three in their traditional style of defense and that I think that the tell for that will be how they're using guys like Jocelyn Went, how they're using guys like Brendan White is, you know, the the one that we know is kind of starting at the bullet position. How those players are being 
used in the defense, how close they are to the line, and how many linebackers we're seeing on the field on any given play. I, I don't want to see a ton of, um, it seems like the starting linebacker rotation right now is uh, Pete Warner, which I, I don't understand, um, Baron Browning and Malik Harrison. So I, I don't want to see a ton of those three on the field at the same time. Um, so I think that's kind of the number one thing that I'm looking for is just have they fixed the the very, very basic formation issues that they had where they were still playing kind of a a much larger, much slower style of defense than is functional in the Big Ten now. They don't have like a depth chart either this year, which is yeah. different from years past. So we're just going to kind of wait and see what the early rotations are like, which I think is pretty interesting. I'm most excited to see who is who spring game guy is this year because there's been a couple guys in the past. I think Rashard Barry was one of them last year or two years ago. Tate Martell definitely was one last year. If you go on YouTube and just search Tate Martell, I'm pretty sure one of the videos is like Tate Martell spring game highlights, athletic <laughs> and so explosive. <laughs> so I'm excited to see who will be spring game guy. My early pick is Garrett Wilson. And I don't mean it in a derisive way. Like spring game guy can be good. We saw... Michael Thomas a couple years in a row be spring game guy. So I don't think it's always necessarily just like some guy shows up and then we never hear from him again. But I think that there are a couple players that have the potential to kind of break out and we'll get to see Garrett Wilson his first time in Ohio Stadium. And I am very excited for that. Yeah, I, I think Garrett Wilson is a good pick there. I've got probably two spring game guys. I think Ben Victor is is going to be kind of putting on a show i think that you know he he has become kind of the the de facto spring game guy it feels like where you know much like uh, our beloved demario mccall every year it's you know this is the year he's gonna break out now and i, I think he's gonna have a really really big spring game it sounds like he's been doing really well in in spring practice so hopefully he can turn that into success in the scrimmage and then you know ultimately success during the season um the other one moving away from wide receiver a bit i, I think that uh that master teague is probably going to have a really good spring game especially if they let him run if he's he's fully healthy i know he's struggled with some some leg stuff a little bit but i, I think that with the the kind of strange tackle system that they have, I think Master T could could really have a uh, a pretty big spring game and maybe make us think twice about that Demario McCall prediction. But I uh, I will stay confident in it because I will never ever change a take. Once I have a take, that's the take I will have for life because I'm you know I've got a really great brain, uh, <laughs> a perfectly smooth brain, yeah, a perfectly smooth, very wet brain. Um, but yeah, I think Master Teague and Ben Victor could have really, really good spring games. Is Teague gonna play? Because I saw that Day said he has a nagging injury. Um, who's to say? <laughs> who's to say? He he may he may not. If not maybe Marcus Crowley is that answer then. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have to see. Day said that he's a guy that's he's been impressed with as in Marcus Crowley. So maybe we'll see more of him, but. Uh, eventually we will see master teague and he's a name to remember here at that running back spot I, I said earlier the offensive line and really this spring game any spring game you can really only take away stuff from like how the skill position players look namely the receivers running backs defensive backs 
linebackers because that's that's who it really focuses on and, and you don't see a ton of of mix-up and adjustments along each offensive line but like I said earlier I'm intrigued at how this offensive line that has so little depth right now or just so little known depth holds up against this defensive line like it's very possible that the defensive line starters just absolutely bull rush these guys and kind of make it look more jumbled on offense than it should for a spring game and this is this is a good test I think for them and they've they go at it every day in practice so this is just our first time to really see it and see how it looks but I think we'll get a good idea of who at least can move around, who can pass protect against a very good defensive line. Yeah, and I, I think especially with the offensive line struggling with some, you know, like you said, nagging injuries. I know that uh, Thayer Munford is not expected to play. He hasn't you know, practiced all spring, should be good to go for the fall. But um, it's kind of a patchwork offensive line right now. There's a lot of um, preferred walk-on guys in the, the two deep, which is not... Um, it's not ideal for sure. You, you don't, you know, don't usually want that in your offensive line group, but I, I do think it could be, you know, if there were sacks allowed, which I would be willing to bet all the money I have that there will not be sacks allowed. Um, you know, if there were sacks allowed, it could be kind of a rough day for the offensive line, but you know, it, it is, um, it is very helpful that Justin Fields runs a four five. Um, so maybe we will, get to see some of that i i wouldn't expect to see a ton of that either but um yeah i i think it could be kind of a kind of a wash in terms of learning stuff about the lines just because the offensive line is so weak right now with injuries i'm trying to think what else what else i have we've talked so much about the secondary this offseason that you know everybody's excited to see what that rotation looks like and excited to see somebody turn around for a ball and make a play on a ball which will be very nice but I I really don't think there's any other big takeaways other than like are there any recruits visiting because this is a big recruiting weekend for them there are a lot of uh there are a lot of recruits visiting yeah I I, um talked about this yesterday with uh, Matt on our recruiting podcast that actually I think is probably up now as people are listening to this so they can go check this out it, it should be on the same feed on um the apple podcasts and megaphone and several other services i think i'm not 100 percent sure on that but um there aren't probably going to be a ton of recruiting like commitment fireworks this weekend just because a lot of the guys that are visiting are you know, already committed or guys who aren't really super close to committing i do think ohio state is probably going to be getting a commit this weekend on Friday from Legend Cavazos, but um, there's a lot of there's a lot of talent visiting for this weekend. A lot of guys who will be, I think, really considering Ohio State down the road, but probably aren't super close to a commitment yet. I really, the more that we get into the Ryan Day era, and granted, we have to wait until this this happens in August and the season goes on. I just really like the way he runs the program. I think yeah. it's super low key, and we when it happened, we talked about the recruiting hit and what that was going to be, and there's still going to be one. He's not going to recruit to the level that Urban Meyer did, but I think that they have a specific vision and a player that they're looking for, and maybe there's not a ton of big recruiting news, 
during the spring game or this spring game weekend, but I, I really like where that is going as well. I, I think that he's kind of quelled concerns about how well he's going to be able to recruit. Yeah, he's, I mean, <laughs> I, uh, I I can't say it enough on this podcast to, to reassure Ohio State fans. He's a good recruiter. He knows what he's doing. Um, I am I am comfortable with his um, his ability to recruit. I'm comfortable with this new staff, specifically Jeff Halfley, has been um, extremely impressive so far. And I think you're going to see that with Cavazos here in a couple of days. That is a uh, that you know Jeff Halfley delivered him to Ohio State and did a really really impressive job of it. Um, if that commitment does come through, if not, disregard that. But um, you know Ryan Day can recruit. He is a uh, he he learned from a guy who certainly knows how to recruit, um, and I, I think that. He is, he's likable. He's able to relate to families. He's able to relate to recruits. He, I don't think he's ever really going to struggle with, with recruiting. The only real difference is that he's um, more willing to offer Ohio guys a bit sooner, um, which, you know, can be both good and bad. It's, you know, it, it can, it can hurt you when you offer a guy that ends up not being all that great or ends up coming in a bit over the weight that was expected, but it can also get you in on some guys a little bit sooner, get you some commitments a little bit sooner, and then get you some of those, you know, kind of under the radar prospects. So it, it's really just a a very small change in philosophy. I, I don't think there's going to be much drop off at all in terms of recruiting production. It can be good and bad. I think that's the new tagline for the hangout in the Holy yeah. Land. That is us <laughs> to a T. It can be both good and bad. Um, I don't have any other thoughts about the spring game or stuff I'm I'm looking out for. Like, we just keep hammering. There's only so much you can preview when it comes to one of these games. But there are definitely things to watch for and things to be excited for on Saturday. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to uh, write a... A thirteen hundred, you know, word uh, film study of a spring game. I think that'll be fun, and uh, the people will like it a lot. And I won't get uh, four hundred replies and an invitation to go on the radio to defend myself. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to the magnum opus column on Greg Shudrawa's archaic blocking scheme and the backlash and vitriol that comes from it in mid-April. Yeah, Greg Shudrawa doing the Ed Orgeron thing where he takes his shirt off and threatens to fight me. <laughs> <laughs> we are we are back on our BS, and it is early April, but make sure to catch Ohio State Spring Game this Saturday. We'll be back with another episode kind of recapping that and some of our main takeaways early next week but that's it for me patrick do you have anything else um no i i think i'm i think i'm good i'm you know excited to see some ohio state football again even if it's not um the true pure ohio state football i will still enjoy it quite a bit i'm gonna be on campus on saturday to see it excited to be um outside should be pretty good weather excited to be back in the horseshoe it should be fun it's gonna be a lot of fun and be sure to stick with all of our coverage at landgrantholyland.com on the Land Grant Holy Land podcast network, which you can subscribe to on Apple Podcasts. Just search Land Grant Holy Land, I guess, at this point, because it hosts everything, and hang out in the Holy Land. Find it there. Review, subscribe, leave us some feedback. Patrick is at Patrick underscore Mayhorn on Twitter. I am at Dubsco. As a show, we are at Holy Land Pod. Leave any questions you guys have, if you have anything you want us to talk about here on the pod, that's where you should send it and follow us as a site on Twitter at LandGrant33. 
But until next week, we want to thank you guys for listening. For Patrick Mayhorn, I'm Colton Denning. This has been the Hangout in the Holy Land, and go Bucks.